0: Make you move with confidence, I wanna
1: You fucked up my self-esteem. Bitch, it's called self-esteem. That's okay, cause I got no self-esteem. Oh, so powerful people tend to be, not surprisingly, more assertive and more confident, uh, more, more optimistic. They actually feel that they're going to win even at games of chance.
2: Take a good look at me, because I'm going to be on the front of
1: every newspaper in this country tomorrow. Uh-huh. And I'm so fucking beautiful, I can't stand it myself! Okay, we're
2: All going. Right. All right. Welcome. To the fifth episode of Chill and Ambitious, the podcast that points out shit you didn't know was relevant. I'm O. I'm No. And together we make Oh, oh no. no. Cool. So, what are we talking about today, No? Today we're actually talking about confidence uh, the difference between confidence and self esteem, its important role in success, and will help you ultimately become more chill and ambitious. Cool. So, what inspired this? Um, this was actually inspired by our guest today. Her name is Katrine Hedström. Uh, she is a fantastic filmmaker and film editor. She's in her twenties. She works full time as a freelancer, so she doesn't. Um, she gets to really decide to work on which project she wants to work on. And the the reason she's able to do that is because she has a wonderful reputation. But it ultimately comes down to her confidence and in, in her abilities, and uh, that's her greatest strength. I
1: And what I mean? What made you think of that about her? Like, I feel like you have a lot of stories that were just like, <laughs> <laughs> "Katrine."
2: Well, Katrine, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, hi, Katrine. It's <laughs> Katrine. Um, well, Katrine, I think is one of the most confident people that I've met. Um, some of the stories, man. You know, what's funny, Katrine. Whenever you're in doubt, you can always talk to Katrine about it. Um, she actually <laughs> has this like. It's your story about um one day you were like you were worrying about something and you and someone gave you a piece of advice. Yeah. I know
0: exactly what you mean. My (laughs) friend William was
2: saying, um,
0: I was worried about meeting new people, I think. And you know, you know, what are they gonna think of me? And yeah, I was starting like a new school, I think, at the time. And he just said, just be yourself and they'll love you. And I live by that every time I get nervous about something and I think it works really well because that's like then you don't have to worry you just be yourself and then that's all you have to do
2: that's so wonderful and that's like the piece of advice that Katrina always gives and I think it's just the just most, be yourself just be yourself be yourself and they'll love you yeah Katrina's uh, definitely
0: herself
1: <laughs> absolutely I, I, I visited you guys' apartment where uh, Katrina and No live and Katrina's just like singing uh, like show tunes and dancing around the kitchen, and she gives no Fs about who overhears her.
0: I have confidence in sunshine.
1: I have confidence in rain. I have confidence that spring will come again. Besides which, you see, I have confidence in me. I, I don't know if you tone it down when you're in your professional stuff. But <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> but probably not. It just comes out. <laughs>
2: Um, no, but that that that's actually like my my favorite thing about Katrine, and she's also like we're well, also one of the happiest people I know. I know that you actually work on it, work on being happy because I think that people don't think
1: about that. But um, how do you do that? How do you work on being happy? Well, I I
0: think I I think I've always I spend a lot of time thinking about what makes me happy and what makes me unhappy, mm-hmm. and I focus on that, and I notice when something like when a change happens in my happiness, and I I. I take in consideration of like all the factors and I work towards bringing the factors that make me happy back in or uh, remove the factors that make me unhappy out. And, um, I, but yeah, I think it's just paying attention to the things that make you happier and happy.
1: That's awesome. And I mean, I think that shows a sense of confidence too that you feel like you have that power to do that. I think a lot of times people feel like their happiness is so dependent on external yeah. factors or. Yeah, that's something I
0: very much disagree with, and I, of course, like I don't want to, of course, like people have depressions for all different kinds of reasons, and you can't control everything that happens in your life. But I think that mostly you sort of can, because it's not necessarily about like having good things happen to you. That has to do with your happiness. The happiness lives inside of you.
2: Well, you know what's really funny about that is that confidence is actually about uh, the the belief that you a chosen course of action or a best action is most effective and so when you're self-confident that means that you trust in your decision making that you know how to actually do things how to complete them and that you can generally you generally have the belief that you can problem solve all these things that you're capable
1: yeah absolutely which is interesting because self-esteem gets a lot of times linked to self-confidence And that's actually a big differentiation between the two. Yeah, what's the the difference between that? So self-esteem is more about the deserving power of it and that you may, it's not based on experience necessarily. So you may feel like that you deserve or that you um, are worthy of certain things in your life, but you may lack confidence in your ability to achieve them. And so a lot of times they are linked, but they can also be very opposite and like, we, I think if you start to think about it that way, you can think of people who may have like high self confidence, but at the end of the day, maybe they are always doing things for other people, you know, and they're very good at achieving all the stuff. But if you really dig through some of their psychology, you can see that actually they don't actually care much about themselves. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, but it's funny because your self esteem like your self esteem can dwindle when you don't have the result of achievement that comes with like so the confidence there that's where the confidence comes in it's it's, it's about like knowing that you can complete certain things that you can set a goal and do it um they actually talk about <clears throat> there's actually some really interesting research about kids and uh how to like set your kids up for having self confidence um and it actually comes from not just praising your kids by saying like oh you're so beautiful oh you're so great at everything it's like it's about saying uh like if someone if a kid tried really hard
1: you should tell them oh like you did a really great job um for trying or you tried hard and rewarding it's, that versus rewarding the end result
0: Yeah my dad has this thing that I thought was just adorable he ha- he heard it on the radio and um I was already pretty old, so he didn't do this to me, but my um, he did it to my stepbrother. So when my, he was picking up my stepbrother from his soccer games, he uh, he never asked how did it go. He only asked, Did you have fun? And that was something that he had heard like from a radio show or something and decided that like, oh that's like you know, it should be about the fun and not about The achievement because then you put pressure on someone like did you achieve this like did you did you win you know but no that's not what it's about it's like did you have fun and then you know you you turn someone's psychology about the process
2: yeah yeah and if that's your goal and um like they're like if you tell a kid Oh, you did a great job! You're so great! You're so great at this. But they haven't actually done it, then they might actually mm. choke when they're oh. when, when he's going. So maybe he would say like, "Oh, you're the like maybe if your dad's like, you're the best, you're the best player." And then they have this they b- have this belief guy. that they're the best player, but they haven't really played well, right? Then and they then might you just feel like, "Why am I sucking right now?" <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Or you or you get that other scenario where we're talking about people who are highly confident but have low self-esteem is because then they start getting addicted to the rewards and they'll only have their self-esteem will be based off of these rewards from other people instead of having an internal self-esteem about what is actually worthwhile. And uh, so it's not necessarily like bad, like achievements are bad or not having to focus on them, but it just sets up a culture where the emphasis is only on the end result and people can get their self-worth based off of just their accomplishments. And uh, yeah, so I think it's interesting for um, having high confidence when it's about that process, when it's about being able to uh, know that you're confident enough to figure out how to do something. When we have a culture which only really focuses on the end result, where it seems like uh, just from talking to you about some of your work, a lot of times it seems like you know how to get the work done. And that's where a lot of your confidence comes from would you would you say that's true katrine? I
2: don't know um i guess I don't know well well what do you do when you like are about to embark on something new or uncomfortable like do you
0: know i mean i i i guess like when I edit i definitely have i definitely like i guess I have that confidence like i that's one thing that i really that I realized that i n- not sure if I really felt before though. And maybe this is just, that's like maybe a a big part of it is that I realized that editing is something I'm really good at. And that's film editing. Like I should say, like there's different kinds of editing, but, um, I know that if I just sit down and work on it, I'm going to do a good job at it. And I know that going in and I, I'm never nervous about that. Um, And sometimes, like, oh, of course, like, you have a difficult task. Like, it's a really difficult scene I'm cutting together. And, like, you know, you start and you're like, I don't know how this is going to come together. But I know that if I just keep, like, pushing and pushing and trying and trying and trying, it's going to happen. I'm going to get it to be the best that it can possibly be. And I always, I do always feel very confident that that's going to happen. And I know what it takes. And I I guess I know that I can do anything good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do anything good better than anyone better than anyone I think a lot of people maybe would sit down try these things that they think are going to be obvious about putting it together and then when that obvious thing doesn't happen give up whereas I think that like what I really learned from editing and like what I really Maybe what I've taken away from that is that, like, if I just keep pushing and pushing and pushing, I'm gonna figure it out eventually. And I think
2: that maybe that's where the confidence is in it. I don't know. Actually, one of the biggest things tied to self-confidence is a thing called self-efficacy, which is meaning that uh, you you can accomplish a particular goal. Like the, the basically the essence of, of confidence. Um, but people who have like a high sense of self-efficacy, they don't. They tend not to give up when they have a problem. They just keep trying new things and then eventually they get there. Right? Right.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Because I think a lot of times people don't even begin or they begin a little bit. Yeah. And they give up because they get there's a sense of like a fear that, okay, this is a waste of time and like I don't even know what I'm yeah. doing. And
0: you know, that goes back into something that I got a lot when I was a kid because people like I knew that I wanted to do, work in film like at a very young age. And it was just like all I could think about. Um, all I could like all I ever said to people and people a lot of times would just tell me oh it's gonna be really hard and or like you know a lot of people want to do that it's like not an easy industry it's a very small industry and all this kind of stuff and I don't know anyone like going into it and all this and I don't know like that wasn't I never really understood why they told me that mm-hmm. I guess they just like to me that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't the point of it like why would I do it if it was easy like that <laughs> then it wouldn't probably that be that interesting um but maybe it was a good thing that people kept telling me that because people were kind of you know patting me on the head a little bit being like it's not going to be so easy sweetheart like it's not going to be really hard <laughs> but like you know I, I never understood like that was a problem and why that would stop me from wanting to do it
2: well, can you tell us a little bit about how you first embarked on 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 your career? So you've always wanted to be in film. So yeah. How how did you go about it? Because uh, Katrina, you're from Sweden, mm-hmm. and now you're a pretty successful filmmaker and editor in New York. So how did how did you go about doing that? Um, well, it's a long
0: story. Um, I I definitely like. It. So I graduated from high school in Sweden, and. Um, I I mean originally like I I knew that I just wanted to like see the world I guess and wanted to do something. So um, there's some companies in Sweden that like promote like you know doing a a college college year like abroad. And I found this school and like what they promote usually are city colleges in America because they're cheap. And um, Swedish people have universities for free, so you know they don't save up to have universities. So. I found the city college in California, Santa Barbara City College, and they had a film program. So um I did that. I went there and like I absolutely loved it. And I think I always kind of knew that like I didn't want to just do a year, like I really wanted to sort of like see the industry for real. Mm-hmm. So um after so I, I did all my general education there and a lot of film classes and then I Transferred to NYU Film School, which is not easy to
2: get into. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, and then I graduated from there, and then, then I just started freelancing after that. Um, How do you get a lot of your freelance? It's all people you know. Um, so I, I think that you definitely don't have to go to film school to become a filmmaker, um, but it helps a lot. And I know. You know, I, I'm very grateful for the people that I met at NYU. I think it helps to go to a school that um has a good reputation because I think not just necessarily because the people that go there are better filmmakers. I think it's more about the fact that they end up at a school that has a good reputation, makes them feel like they have to perform also after they finish mm-hmm. because they have all the background they need to like be able to co- to accomplish it because this is where all the big filmmakers martin scorsese went and la 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 so all the people around me have been doing pretty well and um they are the ones that are either hiring me or recommending me mostly i get some work from like people who i didn't go to school with also but a lot of it is from people i went to school with and as everyone around me it has like better careers, you know, they, we all bring each other up there, you know, like they yeah. get bigger jobs and the, maybe I get a lot of my references from other editors. So, um, who can't do it. So like they are busy on a different job and they'll recommend me instead, um, or producers that I worked with in the past. So, um, as they get more successful, they also give you more, more,
1: jobs that are bigger as
0: well. So you kind of like build each other up in a way. Yeah. That's
1: a really beautiful community. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, I, th- I remember my senior of college, my dad was like, he straight up was like, you don't go to these top tier colleges because necessarily the education's better. He's like, you go there because you're going to meet top tier people. Yeah. And it's point. the point is to build those connections. and That's the like- <laughs> only reason. <I> <laughs> He's like, that's why you go. And yeah. I was like, why didn't you explain that to me earlier? Because I was like, <laughs> I don't care about going to one of these top tier is like well that's why you go for the people <laughs>
0: yeah no that was always like that was always what i had in mind too i know I actually i actually loved going to nyu film school but that's not the reason i i went i went to meet people and then i was like oh this is a good school too how fun you know I, but that <laughs> we learned not, some things. Yeah. yeah i was like oh i didn't realize i was gonna be learning here because <laughs> that was just not the the point of going at all for me
1: what was uh so everyone hyped up how hard it's gonna be did you find when you are in your journey, probably what was like the most difficult part for you or something that was notable that you overcame? That's a good question.
0: I think <laughs> this is maybe silly. I don't know if this stopped me ever, but this is something that I noticed stopped a lot of people. Like a lot of people that I went to school with who wanted to be in film, but then decided not to be in film. It's because it's not like films is this artistic like thing, but it's not that much fun <laughs> necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, really really hard work and i think that a lot of people drop out cuz they they don't realize how hard it's going to be and um they just don't want to deal with that and also like you know being a f- freelancer which like the job of film and film tv and commercials and stuff entail like everyone's basically a freelancer uh not everyone but most people it's just like it's not an easy thing it's i think it takes a, a special kind of person to like want to do that Cause um, it's kind of scary sometimes not to have uh, an income that comes in like the same income every month, but you know, but it allows you more
2: freedom. Like you, you turn down films all the, like all the time, all you the time. Down, <laughs> no, I mean, like you, you if you're no, not sure. interested in a project, you don't pursue it. Right? Yeah,
0: no, definitely, I turn down turn down things I don't want to do.
2: No, 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 How no,
0: no. And i feel very fortunate that I can do that but
2: I I can at this point because you know how you know your abilities and you're confident in them
0: yeah and I I I also know like you know I've been doing it for four years now so I know that like you say no no to something and like the same day you'll get asked to do something else like that has happened several times even though you worry about it when you turn something down you're like oh man what if I don't get anything but then like someone calls you two hours later and you're like
1: oh it's fine (laughs) (laughs) so you trust in the process
0: yeah, you have to definitely just trust that I, that's like that's like I think a big leap you have to take as a freelancer is just trusting that the jobs come in because you can't control it. It
1: actually makes me think of sales. I kinda think everyone should do some sort of sales related job because it, it teaches you that how to like ride that wave when you get no's. And just yeah. thinking of like how many no's means you're closer to a yes. And yeah. you have to like get into that mentality. Totally. So with you though, were you did, were you always confident enough to like turn down jobs that you didn't like, or was that something that you worked for that you feel like you can do that now?
0: Yeah. I, I guess it's something that's come more and more and more because, you know, you get more and more work or you get asked to do more and more work. Um, but I, I don't know. I also don't think that I necessarily wanted to turn down work in the first couple of years, maybe mm. because, you know, I, um oh, that's true. you know, I yeah. was more like willing to do whatever. And then like, as you, go along and you realize like oh it's actually really hard to work with people who are like that or projects that demand this and that because you know that that's not they're not setting realistic um, it, expectations and so you kind of learn to navigate uh, who's going to be a good employer or not because some people you know you know don't want to give you enough money for something you know is going to take a lot of your time and things like that and you kind of learn, who is serious and who's
2: not. Well, also that, you know, that maybe when you begin, you're not, first of all, people don't know who you are. You're not going to go in there and be like as good as somebody who's been working for 10 years on this thing that like that, that's part of the process. And um, do you feel like you're like, do you feel like your confidence has like grown from the time you started till now? Like, or, was it kind of like, it was this very like gradual thing or was it like this aha moment?
0: I think it was probably gradual. I think I always knew that I was pretty good at it. Like I could tell I was doing, I was pretty good at it from the beginning, but then, you know, I've I've gotten more and more like, I realized that the more I'm working, obviously I'm realizing like, I'm always figuring it out. It's, I'm always doing it. Like I always end up with a good project and people are always happy. Knock on wood. But, um, uh, so, I guess like i'm and I, you know it gets easier and easier and easier in a way, even though maybe your projects get harder though so i don't know i don't know yeah. did I answer that
2: yeah
1: <laughs> no, I good. think it's interesting that whole experience thing because you don't necessarily know what you 're looking for at the same time until you you're or like it. until you 're doing it or you don't know you're good till you're actually doing it, so it makes sense that like maybe at the beginning you were taking all these different jobs and you we're like pretty sure you're doing well, but then yeah. of course the more you do them, and then you find out where you're doing well, and you get that reinforcement, and you see the product, and people are happy with it. Totally. And I didn't start
0: out editing necessarily out of
1: school. Like I
0: started doing some sort of more like towards like I wasn't doing producing things, but I was doing work that was related to like. The, the sort of like ladder up to being a producer and i really hated it i was really miserable like i would literally come home and like cry <laughs> because i just hated it so much and um and then i kind of fell into like editing because i realized ultimately it was because i have to be creative or i will go home and cry on the floor and like paint <laughs> like i don't know how to not be creative all day
2: any dipshit can take pictures basically art that's special what can you bring to it that nobody else can?
1: So, um, how did you make the jump, though, from um, production to editing? Production to editing, because I think a lot of times uh, when you're trying to get your foot in the door in a lot of these creative fields, you do you take some of these jobs that aren't related to what you want to do or anywhere near it, because you're like, okay. oh, well, maybe I'll like talk to somebody or like yeah. you'll be around it, but it's, a lot of people get stuck.
0: Okay, that's actually something that is interesting. That so I. Uh, it was in one of my classes. We had this DP, the director of photography, come in our class, and he was very successful. And um, someone, and he was just kind of talking about his career with us. And someone asked him, "How did you go from being a, you know, a camera assistant or camera operator to being like a DP?" And he was like, "You know what? In this industry, it's just about telling people that this is what you do now." So he was like, "Okay, what I basically what I did was that one day." I stopped taking like AC jobs, sorry, uh, assistant camera jobs. And uh, I just told people who called me that now I'm a DP and that's all I do. And then he said it was kind of slow for a while, but then people started calling him about Mm. being a director of photography. And so I think I took that, what he said. And so that's how it happened. That If like I was doing these kind of more producing-ish things and I had uh, an old professor of mine call me and say, Hey, like I have this opening in my office. Do you want to come and be an associate producer here? And I was like, "You know what? I've realized that that's not really what I want to do anymore. Like, I think I want to be in editing now." And he's like, "Okay." So then I get another producing kind of job for like a month and it was supposed to be like more like a full-time thing. And he calls me like 5 weeks later and he's like, "Well, my assistant editor just quit. Do you want to come and take that job?" And I was like, "Yes." Immediately. So I quit this job. I just started and I started working for him. And that was really like my first job. And then after I'd worked with him for about 10 months, um, I needed a new job and I started just kind of telling people I was an editor instead of telling them I was an assistant editor. And then that's what I've been doing. I turned down jobs that are assistant editing because I don't want to do it. First of all, because it's a very different job, it's more a technical job, but it is kind of an introduction to becoming an editor. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I don't want to be associated as an assistant editor. And actually, like I had a movie that I was working on last year, where a producer called me initially to be like, hey, I need an assistant editor to come in for a couple of days, do you think I can do it? And he definitely knows I'm an editor, because we worked together before. uh, um, And I was like, you know what, I don't do that, I don't want to do it. And he's like, well, oh, I really need someone. It's like, no, I don't want to do it. And then a few weeks later, he calls me to ask if I can come in and edit for a couple of days. <laughs> so, like, you know, yeah. it really
2: works. Standing your ground. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know that you can do it. You I guess that that's you a confidence the job, right? Thing. Yeah. Well, you know
1: that you can do the job, right? That would scare the crap out of a lot of people.
2: Yeah. But you
0: have to have some guts or some balls <laughs> to be a freelancer <laughs> for sure.
1: And it's true, though, if you don't define what you uh, want to do, People will so easily put you into whatever other job they want to: Yeah, and, and I
0: know so many yeah, I know so many people who like will just take whatever and they end up just getting that instead because that's what they're associated with. Absolutely. Interesting. but and that's, of course, yeah, I understand that too. It's not necessarily like a given that you're going to be getting the editing
2: jobs just because you tell people that you edit now. <laughs> but are you like, do you self-identify as being a confident person? yeah, I think I do. When, like, is there like a moment that you like really remember that's like, this is the moment that you were like, "I'm com- confident?"
0: Um, I mean, I guess there has been maybe a couple of moments. I think I've always been confident, to be quite honest. I think that it's just always been a part of me. I, I mean, I definitely know have moments where like people told me I'm confident. And then I've been like, oh, so I guess that's like a thing. But <laughs> <laughs> like I had this like, I tell a story a bunch. My father, um, it, was like a, it was at my brother's wedding and he was talking to my sister-in-law's um, mother. And so they were having a conversation and I had moved away from Sweden for a while. My family's all back in Sweden. And as the wedding was in Sweden. And um, I'd been away for like a couple of years maybe. And my dad was really against me moving to America. But because he just thought it was a waste of time, I don't know. But uh, we're sitting at this party and like, you know, we're a few drinks in. So I guess he's getting more honest. And so he's telling my um, sister-in-law's mother that like, you know, Katrine, she just she just doesn't fit into Sweden and, and I was just sitting there. Like, I can't believe he's saying this. And, <laughs> and then he's like, "She's just too. She's just too." And then <laughs> my sister-in-law's mom fills in. She's too confident.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then my dad goes, "Yeah, yeah, that's it." And <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. I never. I was right there, but they were talking about me as if I was not in the room with them. But I was literally like talking like, to hello. Them. <laughs> and it was yeah, it was really strange. But I I didn't know that that was like something that. Because I mean, my sister in law's mother, like I meet her all the time, but it's not like she knows me very well. But the fact that she just like, oh, that's why she doesn't fit into Sweden, and oh uh, yeah, because in Sweden it's a little bit rude to be to be like I don't know, have a big personality,
2: I guess. Well, well, you you carry around like you make an impression on people, like you you know you're at so you're confident in everything you 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 do, and the people pick up on that. I people think aren't yeah, stupid. people get in Sweden, people get a little scared of. Me maybe because I come off
0: a little much. I don't know. So American to say hi to everyone all the time. Hey, buddy, was uh how you doing?
2: Was <laughs> your so <are> American impression? <laughs> yeah. Oh, those are really good. Thank you, love. Yeah. Well, what's wrong with asking people how they're doing? Well, it's
0: fake in Sweden. You just do that if you really want to know the answer.
2: But I do want to know the answer. That's bullshit. Oh, I genuinely care how people are doing.
1: Well, if you care about Swedes, leave them alone. Was that at all part of why you wanted to come to America?
0: No, but I think that's a part of why I because we really love, love confidence. <laughs> yeah, I think we're that's like, part what's
1: wrong with you <laughs> if you're not confident about your <laughs> shit? You got to <laughs> at least act like it. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: otherwise people will be like, no, it's no. true here. It's like the completely, especially opposite. New York,
1: especially
0: yeah, New maybe.
2: York.
0: No, I, I don't think that's why I moved here because I don't think I necessarily knew that about America, but because I'd never been in America when I moved here. But I. Um, I definitely think that that's one of the reasons I really feel com- comfortable in America is because I, I feel like in, in Sweden, people like notice that I'm a certain way where in, in America, I just kind of fit in because that's like, I'm more like how <laughs> everyone is here. Well, and
2: you're also rewarded for
0: it. Yeah, you are rewarded for it. Like, yeah, I, I'm I'm much more comfortable being myself in America in a way.
2: Oh, I'm so glad that you came. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah,
1: actually, there's this, article that i was reading that i thought was pretty hilarious in terms of talking about um american style of confidence and self-promotion in particular defining the self-promoting part as a sign of confidence and uh they, so the example they give is if you heard someone in conversation and talk this way how would you judge them and uh the statement is I'd be very like so you're at a networking event in the US and you hear a colleague make the following statement to a potential employer I'd be very interested in learning more about your company to see if there might be a good fit for me before doing my MBA I worked at Bain Consulting and then prior to that was an officer in the army so understanding this is only a portion of the conversation how would you judge it and A would be like, too self-promotional the person speaking too positively about himself and the situation B, not self-promotional enough. she give more details at this point in the conversation. C, just about right. This is self-promotional, but the context allows it, and the person is providing appropriate and relevant information to, uh, for the position. And most Americans would be like, C. you know, yeah. like, That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. But in a lot of cultures, it's like, yeah. no, you're yeah. talking way too much about yourself. And in America, it's like, this is for a fucking potential employer. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, how they not sure.
0: No, in Sweden, it would be A. Yeah, for sure. And I feel I think it's C. So you know, it's yeah. just I don't know what why, but
2: well, people want to know what you can do for them. Yeah, that, you know, especially especially in terms of a, of a job, like people aren't like, oh, I want to hire this person because they're really humble. They are. They want to know what can you do for me? How can you make my life easier? And also, just even in personal relationships, like it's nice to have people who know what they want. Who are on like it, you come across
1: more honest. I actually. There was one time that Katrine was supposed to help us with something, and I showed up late. And Katrine was just like, "I blocked out this certain amount of time, and I I can't help you right now." And I like, maybe we can reschedule. And part of me was like, "Whoa!" But I was like, I respect that a lot because she like knows exactly like what she wants and when, and like totally like that was my bad. Like, doesn't matter what like, external circumstances I was dealing with, but. Like I didn't take it personally. She just like knew that's like what she wanted. <laughs> and that's and that's how it goes. And I'm like, yeah. okay, and I, I respect that. She
2: yeah, she's like literally one of the most upfront people I know. But I never <laughs> get upset. She always just this, I like, don't think
1: I'm rude though. I No, hope. you're not. You're not.
2: You're just honest.
1: Yeah, and it just shows that you value your time or value whatever. And it's backed by not just like an arrogance of like, oh, my time is better necessarily, but or like whatever endeavors you're dealing with, it comes from a place that you also hold those standards to yourself. And I think when you hold them for yourself, people are okay with you holding it for other people. Yeah, Um,
2: And that obviously translates into other, between your work and your friends. You have like, I feel like you have such a great circle of people around you. Like, you know, the community that you work with is also the community that you hang out with. And I'd say everyone is very accomplished and very. Yeah. I, I kind of
0: like surrounding myself with people I sometimes, I mean, not only, but I, I think I love some of my friends I choose because they are a little bit intimidating to me. <laughs> like I like, I like having people right. who I kind of look up to a little, like not look up to, but that I, I'm like, oh, this girl is really smart. I want to hang out with her. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, they're intimidating me in a way because I'm, you know, I'm like, man, can I live up to like being a, f- a friend of this really intelligent person? But then I want to be in that to like, like maybe enhance myself and and like take part of like... I guess like I I think that the... I don't know if there's an English expression for this, but there's a Swedish expression that is like you become what you surround yourself with in terms
2: of friends. So like basically yeah. you become who you hang out with. Well, they say that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, something like yeah. that. <laughs> no, that totally makes sense.
1: Well, I think even uh, confidence can sometimes get bored with overconfidence and people have a, a weary sense of being arrogant. Where do you think for you, you've been able to to balance that? Are you telling
0: me I'm not arrogant no. then or are you telling me yeah. I am?
1: No, like, I mean, you've obviously met it in Sweden, but do you find it here yeah. in the US that people are sometimes like try to be like, yo, I don't think tone that, it down. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't think that people think that I'm arrogant in Sweden. I don't think that that's like, I think that a uh, I think it's more like a cultural thing about not knowing how to, um, it's, it's like, it's, it's more of a, yeah, uh, maybe like it's, it's hard to explain because it's such a huge, like cultural, like definition of a country, but it's a, you know, like you don't talk to strangers for like, but I love talking
1: to strangers. So it's like (laughs) little things like that. Um, I heard that it was, <laughs> do you, you have to like keep like a far distance between so, people. Is it
0: true? I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, and like not only that, it's like there's this amazing photo that I saw once, that, you know, like one of those photos with text on it that go around the internet. And it was like waiting for the bus in Sweden. And then she's like <laughs> yeah. five people standing like two meters away from each other waiting at the bus station. And that's exactly what it's like where it's like in America, like you go up to that person waiting. I'm like, oh, have you seen how long have you been waiting? Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> but like in Sweden,
2: it's like don't make eye contact, that <laughs> far away. Oh my god, your friend who visited, um, their your friend's friend, the blonde guy. He yeah. said, "What was his name? Carl." Carl. He was adorable, and he we were he came and visited New York, and we were talking. He was so shocked, this this woman, this very beautiful woman came up to him and like hit on him and he did not know what to do and he was like, what was I supposed to do? <laughs> and she kept trying to talk to him. She's like, oh, you're cute. This is, that's how she <laughs> yeah. opened and he just froze and he didn't know what to say and, and then she ended up leaving and he was like, why didn't I go for it? I didn't know what I should do and he was just like, you know, in Sweden that would like never happen he's like he's like it's unless a- you're just
0: super drunk right Yeah. <laughs> so
2: he said like it's amazing that anyone even oh, I was, looked like, at so- me I- I- yeah no he was like it's amazing that anyone even dates in Sweden so I was like so how yeah, would right. you approach someone that you liked at a party and he goes oh well I would see them and then I would obviously not look at them <laughs> <And> then- <laughs> I would, he's like, then uh, we would keep drinking and eventually, and just slowly not, still not look at each other and just move closer to each other and keep drinking and then maybe be drunk enough that somebody said hi. (laughs) And then you move in together and live together for four years. And I was cracking up and he was like, I'm serious. Yeah. So <laughs> I do and, and mind you, he was very he was a very attractive man, but he just like it was just so uncomfortable for him.
1: Oh my god, that makes so much sense. I saw that IKEA commercial where they they were gonna embroider mattresses as like a customized thing and mm-hmm. the ad is all about how these two people I guess met each other once and she wanted to like confess her love and they end up moving in together and she did it by embroidering an Ikea mattress that said like I love you and it was this whole to-do of getting this mattress to him and that's like and then he saw it he smiled and then they like lived together and just, like, <laughs> yes, I was like I was what? It <laughs> happens every time in Sweden
2: thanks Ikea
1: <laughs> and I was like I guess so I'm like a stretch, like they're really trying to put that mattress in there, but maybe that's like a plausible thing that you could do in Sweden. You say hi to
2: each other when you're
0: drunk or when you're avoiding something, and then it's all gone. Like you have a family and a dog and no fucking blah That's how it works in Sweden. That's it. And you're just like,
1: "Hi, how are you?" They're like, "Ah,
0: oh, yeah, she wants to move in with me." <laughs> yeah.
1: It's so funny. They
0: think that you want. To-
1: <laughs> I'm just making conversation. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. But um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's amazing. Okay. So for people who aren't confident, there yeah. are actually or don't or aren't as confident in certain things, they there are things that you can do though to build your confidence. So thinking of confidence not as something that's com- internal like thinking it's like a it's something you can learn it's a learned you can be confident in certain things and not be confident in others
1: oh i must stop these doubts all these worries if i don't i just know i'll turn back i must dream of the things i am seeking i am seeking the courage i lack
2: so there it's not like all hope is lost if you weren't born with like a dream like singing and dancing yeah. out of the womb <laughs> and like I me, <laughs> Sweden <laughs> My Parents think this
0: episode's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: I really hope that they listen. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so there's a lot of things you can do and it comes with like planning and preparation. Um, you could start training for something and, and just take things incrementally. Um, positive thought is really important to building confidence, which Katrina, I know you're very, very, you're very positive. Um, you even told me that you work really hard on being happy, <laughs> which I love that. It, and people don't think about that, but it's part of that. that it's, a positive, muscle. it's a muscle, but it is a positive thinking. Like you have that, uh, you have that option. Um, and talking to others and following their lead, like, Like you talked about, surrounding yourself with people who maybe are a little bit intimidating, but you can learn from. And then, yeah, you pick up, you start to pick up on how people do things. Um, Obviously, your experiences, building on, you know, starting out and just continuing to build, being assertive with what you want. For example, Katrina, you're just like the definition (laughs) of all the things you can work on (laughs) that you can implement to improve your confidence. to be assertive and then to avoid arrogance. Like to not, you know, to really just be aware. Realistic. And realistic. Yeah, not over-promising or saying you can do things you can't do. That's not confident. Yeah. That's arrogant. And you should be
1: careful with that. How did you balance it though when you're like, I'm not a, technically haven't been an editor yet. I've, and then you I were mean, like, I'm, I am an editor.
0: You see, like I actually find that sometimes lowering expectations are much better. I went in for a job where... I had to use a software I hadn't used before to edit the movie, Mm -hmm. um, Avid. And um, I said in the interview, I do not know how to use Avid, but I will teach myself before I start. And I'm pretty confident that I can do that. But Mm -hmm. I don't know it now Uh, because I didn't. I didn't want them to. I didn't want to start on the first day and then like I'm fiddling with something because I can't figure out you know how to do this shortcut. And, then, and then it makes you look bad. Yeah, yeah. And it makes me look back. So um, the weekend before I started the job, I was just working on learning Avid all weekend, and I came in and knew Avid actually really well. And in the first weeks, I think that they ended up being instead of being disappointed that I wasn't pulling it off, they were constantly like saying how they were impressed that i was editing so fast and no and seemed to be knowing as well as i was because like i knew that i could definitely learn it really fast but i also didn't want to come in and having them be disappointed that i wasn't pulling it off and i think setting the expectations lower actually made them be impressed rather than disappointed
1: i think it's That's a really awesome. good story and that i think it shows real confidence when you're able to expose your weaknesses then rather than always trying to have to feel like you have to look perfect in front of people I'm always impressed by that, Like I feel like people who are experts are totally okay with being like, oh I didn't know about that because they know that they have so much deep information about other stuff that they're not going to know everything and they're okay with being like, I don't know that and for and you also like being able to say you don't know Avid but you also trust in your process actually I think may even come off as more confident as the person who's kind of insecure, who feels like they have to build themselves up and say that they know all these things that they don't actually know yet. So again, I mean, it seems to be going back to the whole process thing. And I think especially uh, the one thing I've been getting out of this in terms of for people who have to work on their confidence, uh, it is just like really being okay with the process, put the work in. It's not going to be perfect, but like that you have to keep trying at it and that uh, getting good is is something that's attainable and not yes, something yes, that you just born with.
2: Yeah, it's not point A to point B like we we're talking about. Just you don't reward. just you don't just one day just end up winning like the World Series. You played, you know, you played you know baseball your whole entire life, and you you know you trained and you said, how can I get faster? How can I become stronger? It's it's you know it's really just thinking about that in terms of small steps. Hey, I want to. I want to learn how to use Avid. Exactly. You're not like, I'm an Avid master (laughs)
1: because I'm super confident. Yeah. Yeah. You
2: you get the software and you just start working working on it.
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's all you can do. Yeah. So there you go. Well, thanks, Katrine.
2: Yeah. This has been a really lovely conversation and you're so insightful.
1: (laughs) Thank you. And keep glowing, keep doing your keep keep sharing
2: your confidence. It's so beautiful. Do you
1: have oh oh before before we end, do you have any favorite like quotes about confidence?
2: Oh. <gasps> oh Katrina and Kanye all day in the house. Kanye all day. <laughs> well, yeah, what are like some your love Kanye. Kanye all day. What was
0: the thing he said about it? okay, oh. so we there's this quote that actually No tell totally. me. <laughs> um she said uh, that uh, Kanye had said um it's, I don't keep awards around my house. Um, you know, awards don't matter to me. Like, my greatest, uh, my greatest, what was the word? Was Like
2: My greatest award is what I'm about to do next.
0: Yeah, my greatest <laughs> award is what I'm about to do next. And I just thought that was fucking brilliant.
2: <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's true. <laughs> it was so great.
0: I just love thinking that, like, he thinks See, that See, he's way. not, I mean,
2: okay, we don't we don't like, go he, a, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could go on a Kanye tangent. Because there's he so he's the dichotomy of Kanye. See,
0: I, this is maybe something that's telling about me though. Like, I actually think that Kanye is just a genius, and I love the shit that comes
2: out of his mouth, even yeah. though it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, you have to take the good with the. You can't like compartmentalize people and be like, I know a lot of people dislike him, and he, you know, they they say he's arrogant, whatever. And everyone has flaws, and sure, we not talking. He is
0: arrogant. Yeah. But, <laughs> like I also think that it's. I think it's. There's something really beautiful in his confidence too.
2: Yeah, and in his like his ability he thinks things he thinks things a different way and that actually makes people uncomfortable, kind of in the way that you're saying you're really confident in, and, yeah. In, I uh, hope I'm not quiet on the Kanye no, level. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not. But like you're saying like you're kinda of weird in Sweden for being so confident. Like he's actually probably the anomaly in America in terms <laughs> yeah. of being too confident people viewing his confidence as
1: threatening. Yeah. Actually.
2: Yeah. But yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, he also like puts other people down. Oh, I yeah, think that's probably part a of it of- too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the process. Is it well like when you have some like lows of confidence, do you have like a thought process or things that you like do when you're Do you have yeah, times yeah, when yeah, yeah, when you of course you have some I do. shakes of confidence. All the time. <laughs> are you are you a human being?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not always confident for sure. Actually, one of the things that I do a lot is fake my confidence. And to, yeah, and it's it's not even about faking it to other people. It's about faking it to myself. Like, uh, kind of, I I sometimes if I feel uncomfortable, I it's sort of like an actor does. I think I just play the part, and eventually, I guess, like I think it's a combination of you play the part until you realize that no, it's actually true. I do can do this, and or, and but it's also that like you you so you play the part until you realize that like. You are that it's part. going well and it's fine. And then also playing the part, you you sort of, like, when you're acting, like, if you're an actor, you're acting is like you're really convincing yourself that it's it's true. And so I do that. I think I, I just try to, like, I put on the act and then I try to convince myself that uh, I'm not acting. It's actually real. And then eventually that just becomes the truth.
1: I've always been sure I can be- The mask that I wear my it's true. Yeah, it's true. Fake it till you become it, and then it's like contagious. Absolutely. Actually, I don't want to make you blush, but we, there's a friend of yours who, like, when we told him that the theme's going to be confidence for your podcast, and they're like, "Yeah, she's so confident." Oh yeah. And uh, I'm always trying to be more confident, <laughs> like her, and do all the things that she's doing. <laughs> and so yeah like you're like so wherever you get inspiration for like ideas of what someone confident is like other people are taking notes from you of like oh that's what i need a channel right now it's like channels from katrine (laughs) it's
2: awesome it's true well thank you so much for being with us and sharing your stories is there any uh new projects coming out that you've worked on that you want to share with us uh
0: well i did edit a movie last year that is in ifc theaters right now it's called hashtag horror it has Koza uh, Vigni, Timothy Hutton, Natasha Leon, and Taryn Manning in it, uh, directed by Tara Subkoff. And uh, it's a, kind of a dark comedy slasher. So if you're into that, uh, check it out.
2: Awesome. And you edited this. I did edit it. Yes. Woo. All right. Cool. Check it out. If you want to get in contract with Katrine, you can find her at katrinehedstrom.com. .com. Um, and we'll have links to her website and other information on our, on our website, along with show notes and references and sound bites and all kinds of goodies.
1: Yep. And our website is chillandambitious.com. Oh, yes. Make sure you
2: subscribe. And uh, you can find us on all the social medias. It's at chillambitious. So we are on. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Periscope. We do scope some of this stuff live and do some Q&As. It's really great, so please find us on there.
1: Yeah, as a, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You can ask all sorts of random questions, and we'll try to answer them. Uh, yeah, so thank you for listening to Chillin' and Uh I'm O. I'm No. And thanks for being with us. Bye. Bye. No, You know
0: I'm going to come back to the chase song. Some women were made. Me, myself
2: I like to think that I was created For a special purpose